This is Alex. And this is Mason. And this is The Overcompetitive Bystanders. And this is our show where we share our strong opinions about things we don't know anything about. One of us favors college, one of us favors NFL. Let's see how this goes. So for the Poo Poo Team of the Week, um, we have a awesome opportunity where we have a couple teams that are just so great that they actually lost to the nominees from last week. <laughs> and so it works really well that it continue, it just flows right. where our poo-poo teams are just f- spreading the feces everywhere. Yeah, it's contagious. It's contagious. It's a broken uh, septic, septic tank. Mm. So, it's a hard word. Um, so the first nominee is Boise State. Um, and they're nominated because last week BYU was a nominee for Poo Poo Team of the Week. Um, and then Boise State went to Provo undefeated and ranked number 14 and then lost to BYU's third-string quarterback. Well, you, you haven't heard? Their third-string quarterback is the best in the conference and is probably a Heisman candidate at this point. Well, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised he's Romney. Yeah. So... We all know. Well, and he's a BYU backup, and everybody knows a BYU, BYU backup, backup is always better. he's a backup better. of a backup, so that's even more Oh, powerful. my, yeah, like, it's exponentially better. Yeah. It's kind of like how we talked about USC, where they just, every year, they flip their depth chart upside down, and as they lose quarterbacks, they just get stronger. Right. They're a hydra. Every time <laughs> you cut off a head, they just grow two different quarterbacks. Nice. Yeah. I think that's a hydra. I'm not positive. It is. You got it. <laughs> Oh, kid. Um, but yeah, so Boise State lost to them. That ruins their shot at the New Year's Six unless um, like SMU, Memphis, and App State all lose another lose a game. Right. Um, and so that's not really great odds right now. So yeah, no. that sucks for Boise State and for the Mountain West. Um, the next game that I or the next team is Stanford, and they lost to a bad UCLA team, giving UCLA their second win of the year, further showing that the Pac-12 just continues to cannibalize itself. Right. I mean, not that Stanford was like anything. Like, they they sucked this year. But at the same time, it's just like all of the Pac-12 just beats each other to a pulp, and it's just stupid. Yeah, absolutely. It's It's ridiculous. Yeah. Like, this past week, I was mostly expecting Washington to beat Oregon, because it just goes along with the idea of like, well, something's got to screw up this conference, and this is probably one of the best shots at it. So, P- the Pac-12 can never be happy, right? It absolutely, just makes sense. Yeah, and I mean, lose. at one point, it looked like Washington was going to win that game. Like, yep, they were so, winning at some point, and they were looking like the better team. So, yeah, so yeah, so Stanford lost to UCLA. They are a nominee for Poo Poo. Um, Missouri also, so just like Boise State, they went and lost to our a nominee from last week, Vanderbilt, who actually won Poo Poo Team of the Week. Um, and so a ranked Missouri lost to the Poo Poo Team of the Week last week. Amazing. And it was bad. It was ugly. Yes, it was. It's ridiculous. Um so Missouri had like this weird case that I was really hoping would kind of get weird. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if you know about this, but Missouri is under sanctions right now from the NCAA. No, I didn't know that. 
Um, so it's this weird thing where, so it turned out that one of their tutors uh, kind of went rogue and was helping some of the students. And it sounds like it was primarily with the softball team. But like some of the basketball players and football players were involved in some way. But it, it was very much like the tutor was rogue and was cheating. But like no one in the department, like no one knew about it. Right. And then the uh, the rogue tutor like put it on Facebook or Twitter or something. And they were the everything like broke and everything was happening. And so then the NCA came out and was like, hey, we're going to investigate it. And Missouri was like totally cooperative, like shared everything that they had. Right. And the NCA at the end of it all was like, yep, so you guys are banned from the postseason for the next two years and you're losing scholarships and you're doing all this like to the football team and to the basketball team. And wow. it's just this whole idea of like, why? Right. Like punish those individual players. I get that. But to, to punish a whole program where – the coaches had no idea, and then once they figured it out, we're a hundred percent cooperative. Yeah. I mean, that's the NCAA in a nutshell. But like, come on, yeah, exactly. That's ridiculous, dude. It's so weird. It's so strange. And I'd heard about uh, that. I just didn't realize it was Missouri. So yeah, so it's Missouri. So they're banned from the postseason this year, right? Um, and they're obviously they're appealing it, and it'll get figured out at some point, probably soon. But there was a part of me that really wanted Missouri because they were. They had one loss this year, and it was week one against Wyoming, which was weird. Yeah. But there was a part of me that wanted them to do really well this year and, <laughs> right. like, win the SEC East. Because, um, really, they just got to get through. It's Georgia and Florida, and if they were to beat each other and then they pull off an upset, like, it could miracle happen. Right. Um, and so I really wanted them to win it and then have it be where, like, Maybe they play a Bama team that is like super injured and then they win the conference and it's like, well, they can't go to the playoff because they're banned from the postseason. And it's like Missouri's miracle year. And it's just <laughs> like F you. And then I wanted it to be where like yeah. a couple weeks later, like not even like much later, a couple weeks later for them to be like, so we looked into it and we've decided that you have won the appeal. You are no longer banned from the postseason but it's like two weeks after the playoff and they're just like, ah f- that yeah that would that's be fun. hilarious to see them have a, the season of a lifetime just to have them f- over and then to be like no shoot we 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 messed up <laughs> yeah but it's too late and then they never make it to the playoff ever again yeah like ever and then like everything just goes wild i think it's just be It'd be hilarious. It would be um, hilarious. So, yeah, Missouri is a nominee. And our final nominee is Wisconsin, ranked number six in the country, who lost to a now three and four. So that means they were two and four at the time. Illinois, 24 to 23 on a last second field goal. Yeah, and I, I actually have a couple stats on this one. So so, so the Illinois kicked the, the field goal with 33 seconds left, right? Uh yeah, something like that. It's it's thirty three seconds. I, I I knew the answer. I just okay. I was like, okay. I knew it was like near the end. So on their final offensive drive, when they were running out the clock, they snapped the ball with eleven seconds, eleven seconds, eight seconds, seven seconds, and seven seconds left on the clock. <laughs> if you can do the math, there would have been 
no time left on the clock had they actually properly run out the clock they would not yep. have been able to kick the field goal or they would have been forced at least to kick a much longer field goal mm-hmm. but instead they snapped the ball too early five times in a row basically <laughs> and screwed themselves over so yep. like that's why they're my poo poo team nominee of the, the week because like not only was it a number six team losing to a really shitty team, mm-hmm. but they shouldn't even have the opportunity to do that if they had done their job properly. If they'd done it right. Yep, exactly. So that's pretty funny. And I also think it's funny because it feels like Wisconsin this year, or like Wisconsin every year is the team that like is looking great. And then all of a sudden they just like, as a top, you know, five or six team, they just lose some inexplicable loss. And then after that point, everybody's like, Oh, so no, they weren't actually that good. Like last year when they lost to BYU and they were like number five, and then they went on to be like seven and five on the season. I mean, Oh yeah, not that great. Yeah. And well, I will see next week when they play Ohio state, how good they really are. Yeah. Like that'll be an actual demonstration against a good team. Like I was Mm -hmm. hoping they'd be undefeated when they went to there because it would I think be a much ESPN better. was too. Yeah, yeah. definitely. That probably, was... probably would have been the game of the week or game. Yeah, that day. would have been game day. Uh, now they're going to uh, South Dakota State for the South Dakota North Dakota State. Game. Oh, really? Yeah, which they generally try and find like one FCS game a year, right? And which I, mean, I think is good. Of all FCS games, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's an okay matchup, especially when there's not really like a great option. Um, I'll talk about more about the other games that are options, but like another option is the LSU Auburn game. Yeah. But they were at LSU two weeks ago. Right. And so it's like, and LSU is going to have other opportunities. And so they kind of had to balance it out and be like, yeah, let's, let's keep the, the good FCS game. Yeah. But I do think if whiskey would have won, it would have been at Ohio state. There Definitely. wouldn't have been much of a question. Cause that probably, well, probably still would have been like number four versus number six. Which pretty great game, yeah. Um, but yeah, so Missouri is the winner of Poo Poo Team of the Week, um, mostly just because they lost to last week's Poo Poo Team of the Week. Um, but really, it it wasn't even like last week's Poo Poo Team of the Week was like a Wisconsin team that just got upset. It was that last week's was just a terrible team. Yeah, um, a team that and, like we want kicked out of the conference. Bad. Yeah. And so Missouri just looks looked real bad. And so even if it hadn't have been like Vandy hadn't been poo poo last week, they this still probably would have won. Right. And so. I believe one of our fans on Twitter called that the transitive poo poo property, which I oh, like. Yeah. So Yeah, that was pretty go. good. Um so yeah, Missouri won that. Um just a couple little things that happened this this past week that I wanted to mention. Uh, so one of them was the Air Force beat Hawaii fifty six to twenty six. They looked really good. Um, uh-huh. I'm really wondering if they are the second best team in the conference. Yeah. Um, I think this week will be a good chance for them to prove themselves. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, they looked really good. And then there was that really weird interception that I sent you. That oh yeah. Got. Like on weirdest. first first watch, it looks like he like caught it and like flipped it up to the other defender. And I'm sitting yeah. there watching like, isn't that down in college football? Yeah. No, it's super weird. But My like, favorite thing that they bounced. mentioned when they were reviewing it is that he kicks at the he kicks at the ball. Uh-huh. And it's illegal to kick the ball. 
but he doesn't kick it. He ends up hitting it with his shin, so it's perfectly legal. <laughs> what a weird. So it's, it's like this weird, weird thing play. that was like, oh, I guess that works. Yeah. But yeah, I was like, that's so funny. Um, so yeah, that's all I wanted to mention about that game. Um, so Texas almost lost to Kansas, and I am so mad at them for losing for, for actually winning that game. They broke our hearts. They they had us so close to a dream come true, and then they just snatched it away from us. Yeah, I mean, I think that hurt more than like watching your own team lose last second because that was the collective college football internet just hoping and praying that Kansas somehow would beat Texas again. Right. <laughs> Because that was like my favorite meme on Reddit College Football for like three years was Texas lost to Kansas in football. Kansas yeah. beat Texas in football. Kansas beat Texas. It would just pop up in the weirdest places, and it was so great. And then when it almost happened again, oh, man, that would have been perfect. It would have been perfect. That would have just been dreams come true. So screw that for, for Texas somehow winning that game. That sucks. I hate them. I hate him so much just for that. Like, I don't really hate Texas that much for anything. I hate him for that. That sucked. It's interesting as a person in grad school in Texas A&M, that's the reason you hate Texas. But, you know, each their own. Yeah, I mean, I guess I want, like, I'm supposed to hate Texas for, for that. But, like, mostly it's just, like, this idea of, like, yeah, I probably should want them to lose but i don't really care that much i don't have any like stories of texas fans being assholes or anything it's just like that i want them to lose this kansas every year because it's the greatest meme it's the best yeah that would be that have been great i mean it, it would be like ohio state losing to rutgers right absolutely i wish um so the next one and this one is not the greatest thing that happened, but it's worth mentioning. So the Sooner Schooner. Oh, yeah. Uh, it crashed. It tipped over. And the uh, shutdown full cast are the profits. And they were talking about the Sooner Schooner tipping over. And it was a podcast that came out Friday afternoon. And then it tipped over on like Saturday morning at like noon. Wow. That's crazy. And so they are the prophets that uh correctly and i don't know if it's the idea that they like knew it would happen or if they changed the universe to force it to happen it's one of the two i'm not sure so either they can see the future or they're magic yes and okay. i don't know the correct answer because this happens a lot with the shutdown full cast oh really yeah they just dick around and then something like that happens and you just go how how I mean, I think if you say enough crazy shit, eventually some of it will come to pass and then you look like you're a genius and then all the other stuff is just like, oh, well, that didn't happen because it was so crazy. Because it was so funny. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was wild. Um, so, yeah, so that was funny. Um, the funniest thing that happened, though, was Joe Burrow's ass. <laughs> that was the greatest thing ever. <laughs> just how... <laughs> So if you didn't see it, LSU played Mississippi State. Mississippi State went to tackle Joe, quarterback Joe Burrow, just grabbed the back of his pants, 
and pulled it down and it was just his his bare ass hanging out and then he like tried to pull it up and cover up while still like not going down right so there's a couple of shots that you can see that it's just right there it's pretty great it's pretty hilarious yeah it was all over twitter like i'm pretty sure he could have made a play like with the ball <laughs> if he hadn't tried to keep his pants up but oh probably yeah like i guess who wants to be the guy who gets pantsed on national tv I think it would have been so much better if he just gets pantsed and he just throws a touchdown. And just like super highlight, like Heisman level throw so Uh that like Like ESPN and Sports, like, you know, Sports Center wants to show it in their top 10, but like has to be wary about showing a bare ass. Yeah. It would have been great. But instead, he he goes for not showing, tries to keep his pants up and ends up going down. It would have been perfect. Oh, man, that would have been so funny. Uh, so, yeah. And then uh, the next game is the – oh, and then LSU dominated that game. That was yeah, they did. super – it was not much of a story. Yeah. But then uh, the next game was that Utah looked really good against Arizona State. Yeah, they did. Um, so they held them – so it was 21-3, to and it was like the first time – that Arizona State was held under like 10 points in like 10 years or something like that. It was oh, the wow. longest streak in college football. Oh, I didn't know that. That's yeah. crazy. And so it was really cool that Utah was able to break that streak, and they looked really good. Yeah, they did. Really, really good. It's real too uh, bad that they lost to USC. Yeah. And so it's getting weird now of this whole idea of like, okay, so – uh is USC going to lose some game that they shouldn't? And then that puts Utah back in the driver's seat. Right. But it was it was real close. Um, I do think Utah will end up winning the division, but it's just this whole idea of like, maybe, maybe not. It's the Pac-12, it's so you goofy. never know. Yeah, Pac-12, so you never know. So we'll find out. Um, but, so the rumor I was just telling you about that had just happened um, just a little bit before we started talking was there are rumors that Arizona State and Arizona are potentially looking at going to the Pac-12. Or, sorry, to the Big 12. I was going to say. They're potentially looking at leaving the Pac-12 for the Big 12. And there have been rumors about this before, but, Yeah. So it opens up the question of if they were to, because the Big 12 has been looking to to expand. If they were to expand, who replaces them? Yeah. Because right now there's really only one conference in the West because the WAC has dissolved and is now going to come back as like an FCS school. There's, I mean, there's the American, but that's pretty far out there. Right. Uh, um, like if you were to take like some of the Texas or or uh, Oklahoma schools, really opens up a weird scenario. So I wanted to run through real quick who I think would be invited. Okay. Keep in mind, this isn't who the Pac-12 wants. This is who I think they would end up wanting. Okay. So Boise State will not get an invite because their school isn't good enough. Uh, the Pac-12 has a bunch of rules about like how good a school has to be, okay. um, and like certain amount of money has to go to research. And Boise State is 
far below that line. Okay. Um, Interesting. And that's, I think Boise State would have been added earlier if they were willing to make an exception on that rule, but I don't think they will be. I think they're, uh, I, I think Boise's not going to be invited. Okay. Um, Utah State, Colorado State, San Diego State, Fresno State, San Jose State will all be blocked by current members. Um, Utah, Colorado, all the California schools do not want competition in their markets. They don't yeah. bring new markets. They aren't like Utah does not want to be able to be in the same conference as Utah State. Colorado does not want to be in the same conference as Colorado State. There's no way these guys get invited. Um, it's not that Utah is going to say we don't want Utah State. It's going to be the game that's been played for decades. It's going to be that Washington is going to say we don't want Utah State. Or Colorado is going to say we don't want Utah State. And then Utah is going to turn around and say we don't want Colorado State. And then they can both go back to their legislatures and say, oh, we tried, but somebody else stopped it. Right. Okay. That makes sense. So those five schools are out. Hawaii is just too far away. Hawaii is not a viable option. Hawaii is barely a viable option in the Mountain West, and they're football only. The Pac-12 isn't going to take that. So that leaves us with Wyoming, UNLV, Nevada, New Mexico, and Air Force. UNLV is the most likely. They'll take UNLV. UNLV huh. brings a, a good market. UNLV has potential to put – like they've been putting money in, but with a little bit more money and being able to pull more from Bishop Gorman, uh, their football team will be good. Their basketball team has already been consistently pretty good. Okay. Um, so if they add UNLV, there's no need to add Reno or Nevada. Right. Because Nevada's or Reno's not a big enough city, and Reno alone isn't um, interesting enough to them. Reno's close to Stanford and Cal and that up there, so there's already an, a bit of a market issue. Right. Um, Wyoming is a small media footprint, and it mostly pulls from the Denver markets. And so at that point, Colorado is like, there's no gain that they get there. Right. Um, Air Force is never going to be great with their restrict with the restrictions they have in place. This year is about as good as they're going to get. There's no reason to add Air Force. Like service academies are not going to be Power Five programs. They can be really good at being independent, but they are not Power Five programs. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, that leaves New Mexico. <laughs> now, New Mexico kind of makes sense. It is. A it gives you Albuquerque, fairly large city, easy to get to. Their basketball program has been good. Now their football program is ass right now, but there is the idea that at least if they push some money into it, maybe they can be successful. So it'd be two more bottom dwellers for football, but for a conference that's been cannibalizing itself, maybe that's not the worst thing. That's true. Gives them t two games for their their elite teams to just kind of add as free taco weeks. Yep, exactly. And then what ends up happening, well, also it's important to note BYU will never be considered. I agree. Like, they weren't seriously considered in the 90s. They weren't seriously considered when Utah was added, and now Utah's in there. They are never going to be seriously considered. Right. Um, 
And so then it really comes down to this idea of like UNLV and then it's either going to be New Mexico. Maybe they grab SMU and get Dallas. Maybe they take Houston and get Houston. Um, but there's really not many other options. I think Houston makes more sense to me than New Mexico, but maybe it's just because I like it football and not so much at the basketball so yeah houston's got a good basketball too i think with that one it's more um one that there's more travel right uh, and two that the money for houston while it would be better in the pac-12 when you take into account that travel maybe it kind of balances out same idea as boise going to the american right um there is more money, but by the time you're traveling, it go, it all goes away. Okay. Because for football and stuff, yeah, it balances out just fine. But when you have to think about women's basketball, softball, all these other sports, it's just not gonna it it's gonna be more of a drain. Yeah, that's fair. I guess I like I said, I'm really only focusing on football. I'm not thinking yep. about the other sports as a whole. Yep. Um, and then I think there is also a certain level of Houston. Um, Maybe they're bas- they would basically be going to the Pac-12 with the idea of parlaying it into a. Uh, basically, they would be using the Pac-12 to then position themselves into the Big 12 or into another conference. Gotcha. Um, which I don't think would really happen because I think the Big 12 has enough Texas teams. I think the SEC wouldn't want Houston. No. Um, I think the Big 10 is too far away, and maybe the ACC, but that's pretty far too. So they're kind of in a weird spot where they're second fiddle and they're never going to be any better. And the yeah. Pac-12 would maybe be the one that's willing to budge for them. Maybe. Um, but yeah, so it's a weird spot. So if Arizona and ASU leave, it really puts the Pac-12 in a weird spot. Maybe they just drop back to the Pac-10 and then they look for a similar waiver that the Big 12 has right now to be able to have a conference championship with 10 teams instead of 12. Okay, yeah. Because then it's even better because you could play everybody. Um, and then there is a little bit more safe of a, this is the best conference champion. But also but, more cannibalization. But also more cannibalization. Yep, exactly. Right. Well, so, that's interesting. I guess we'll just have to see how it goes. Let's see what happens. I think it's another rumor that won't do anything. But the the biggest reason I wanted to talk about it was just how I noticed that with if anybody leaves the Pac-12, the it puts them in an almost impossible spot. Right. They don't have good options of who to replace. Yeah. Um, it's the whole reason that when the Big 12 was expanding, they didn't expand. Um, there weren't clear best options that were good. Yeah. So, puts you in a weird spot. Um, but so the next thing I want to talk about was that. Because uh, last week we talked about how I think that the parity that's in the NFL is maybe like the the lack of parity top to bottom in college football is part of what makes college football great is because it just makes for chaos. Um, it makes for games that shouldn't be the way that it is. Um, but what I want to talk about was how the top 25 is what may, is one of the things that makes college football great. Okay, I want to hear your pitch. So first of all, everybody cares. Big teams care about not dropping out, and they care about moving up. They care, you know, positioning for big teams is important. Right. 
little teams care about poking in. You look at App State, who this year, it was their first time like ever being ranked in the AP Top 25. Uh-huh. That is huge for a program. That is yeah, awesome. Totally. I agree. You know, Even though App State never is going to have a shot at the national championship unless there's a major change, like this is their awesome season, and right. that's how it marks it. Um, and so it gives everybody something to enjoy and to love. Um, it's a barometer for success for everyone. Um, if you beat a team that's ranked, you automatically have a good win. It does not matter how good they actually are or aren't. If you can turn around and say, we have X ranked wins in the season, that's a victory. Take BYU, for example. They are, well, with their upset with Boise State, they're probably going to make a bowl game at like 6-6. Six and six. Um, But they're going to be able to turn around and say, we had two wins over ranked teams this season. What a, like We're a good team. We're fine. And while that may or may not be true, it it matters. It's something that you put down. Like when teams talk about success, when fans brag about how great their teams are, they say, "Well, how many times have you beaten the number one? Or how many ranked wins have you had in the past X years? Or you know, all of that." Beating ranked teams matter, and it makes it so upsets are all the more powerful. Um, for example, Illinois beating Wisconsin, who was number six, being able to say they were the number six team in the country is a much bigger deal than saying they're one of the best teams in the country. They're one of the top teams in the country. Even saying, yeah, they're probably a top 10 team. Saying it was the number six team in the country, just it hits harder. Um, Then the, the main reason that I think this is great is it gives every single team instant rooting interest. It does not matter where you are ranked. Um, you automatically have a who you want to win. Whether it's A, you want the underdog to win, because it's this whole idea of like, yeah, I want chaos. So you know, even if it's, I don't know, Penn State, Mi- Michigan, and you're like, yeah, I want the lower-ranked Michigan to win because it's chaos or whatever. gives you something to care about. But... If you're ranked, you are following the teams that are right above you, and you're really you're you're just praying that those teams lose, and so it makes those game you care about those games. They're more interesting, um, and it's way more fun. And it it also having the rankings gives you a more clear barometer of what games are likely to be good, um, you know, because you have the number seven versus the number ten or whatever, right? Um, but I also love the top 25 ranking systems because they are deeply flawed and stupid. And because of that, it creates more chaos. It has teams that are super high up that aren't really that good, but it makes it so that way their upsets are so much more fun. And it makes it just awesome. Because coaches' polls, coaches don't give a shit about the poll. Right. They're not paying close enough attention to fill out the poll and and really know you know is it i don't know wake that should be number 24 or is it virginia that should be number 24 like what position like no they're basically just they have an intern they have a grad student they have the sid somebody is filling it out and the coaches are just handing it off um 
And the media just doesn't watch everything. You see it every every week that there's some media member who didn't move down a team that lost or that moved up a team that lost or that just forgot to include a team. Like it's pure chaos. It's so stupid. People get so mad and that's what makes it wild. And that's why the top 25 is great for college football. And the lack of that in the NFL is an issue. It's not a major issue, but it's part of the reason that the games that are regular season matter so much more in college football than in the NFL. I mean, there's plenty of top 10 lists in the NFL, but they're not official, so I get what you're saying. Yeah. And like, I don't necessarily disagree with anything you said. Like, Top 25 does make college football great. Yeah. But to me, that's not, like, it doesn't make it better than the NFL. Like, it's what makes college football enjoyable, mm-hmm. not what makes it better, if that makes sense. Like, I could see that. Without the Top 25, like, you're right. I wouldn't know which games to watch each week. So I probably mm-hmm. wouldn't watch any college games other than what my team is going to play. Right? Yeah, I agree like, with that. I don't, I like, it makes it a lot like college football without a top 25 would be chaos because mm-hmm. like in the NFL, like with a parody, like, you know, that the, the, the dolphins and the Bengals and the Redskins and the jets are garbage. Mm-hmm. But other than that, like most every other game is going to probably be pretty competitive mm-hmm. in the, in college football. If you don't have like a, okay, this team is really good. This is a top 10 team versus a team. That's not very great. Like, especially when like records don't necessarily matter. Right. Like yeah. you can have like a six and O team. That's just not good. They just have mm-hmm. played really teams below them. Like mm-hmm. it's very hard in the NFL to go six and O unless you're the Patriots without playing a good team. Yep. So, so like I get what you're saying, but like, I think the top 25 is what makes college football watchable, not what makes it better than the NFL. All right. So, uh, to preview this coming week. Um, so one of the games that I'm very interested in is the Utah state air force game. Um, I think this game decides, uh, first of all, who's the second best team in the Mountain Division, but probably who is the second best team in the conference? Um, San Diego State has an argument for that, but Utah State already beat San Diego State, so if Utah State wins this one, well, it's safe to say Utah State's the second best team in the conference. Right. Um, but there is a part of me that recognizes that with, a, with an Air Force win, it could lead to some really weird chaos. Right. Um, Absolutely. So if if Utah State wins, Utah State has an opportunity to win the division outright just by beating Boise State. Uh-huh. Um, but if Air Force wins and then Utah State beats Boise State, that then opens up the possibility of a three-way tie for the winner of the division. I mean, I am a fan of chaos. So... Exactly. So that makes it really weird because Boise already beat Air Force – and if Air Force beats Utah State and then Utah State beats Boise State and all of them, that's their only losses in the conference. Um, it makes it so that way it gets weird. It gets into the weird tiebreakers and stuff. I believe the first tiebreaker there is ranking in the college football poll. Um, 
But if Boise State gets their second loss in the week, like the second to last game, uh-huh. then at that point, um, they probably won't be ranked. Utah State with three losses won't be ranked. Right. Air Force probably won't be ranked. They already lost to Navy and Boise State. Um so that would be a two-loss Air Force team that maybe sneaks in, but I don't expect them to. Uh-huh. Um, and so that's probably not going to be the case. Uh, I don't really know what all the tiebreakers are, but it's that whole like three-team tie for the winner of the division. Just, that would be pretty hilarious. would be pretty great. Yeah, that is great. I always when it's crazy and it comes down to some like tertiary stat. that Yeah, it comes down to like points scored in the third quarter as the tiebreaker and you're like, Oh, whoa. Um, yeah. So I'd be a fan of that. Um, so yeah. So you're, you're hoping that Utah state loses this week is what you're saying. No, I'm hoping Utah state wins, but if they do lose, I'm hoping for chaos. Okay. Okay. Like it's the whole, like, yeah, if Utah state loses, it's still a pretty cool opportunity. Um, yeah. So the last couple games I want to talk about were the, Wisconsin, number 13, at number three, Ohio State. That'll be a really good game, like we mentioned. Had Wisconsin won, that might have even been a top five matchup. Um, Still should be really good. I think Ohio State is the better team. Um, I thought they were the better team before Whiskey lost to Illinois, but I'm still kind of questioning it. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see Wisconsin upset Ohio State. I just don't expect it. So, yeah, agreed. Um, number nine, Auburn is going to number two, LSU. Um, and the main reason I want to talk about this, other than it being a really good matchup, is that Auburn's freshman quarterback, Bo Nix, so he is a freshman and he hasn't really played that many big road games. He played uh, Texas AM and he looked okay they mostly ran the ball he had the neutral site game against oregon which he looked pretty good um but when they were talking to him about how like you're gonna go to death valley and that's a different place you know that's a big game um and he just said like nah i played in front of a hundred thousand people against oregon death valley is nothing special and wow that's oh man you're gonna get roasted on that one or that's gonna be historical like that's just such a huge quote that's gonna go it i mean that's bulletin board material and it's gonna make the place just even more crazy yeah lsu crowd is gonna be nuts yep so like i i have them definitely losing that game like i think lsu is definitely one of the best teams in the nation and auburn just quite frankly is not like they're a good team but like not better than lsu so to yep, go into LSU and win would be would be a major upset, even with the rankings being relatively close at this point. Yep, it would be massive. Um, so the next one is number eight, Notre Dame, is going to number 19, Michigan. Um, I think that's just a really good matchup. I think that will be a fun game to watch. Uh, with Michigan losing last week to Penn State, they dropped a little bit, but I still think they're probably a top 15 team. Um, and I don't even know if I think Notre Dame's the number eight team. So I think that's a game that's probably closer than what the rankings show. Um, to be I think fair, just be really when I checked earlier today, it was even in the spread. 
Oh, really? Yeah. Um, when I was looking at it, it had Notre Dame as the favorite, but not by a lot. Like, and I so, think they started out as a one-point favorite, and then I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure today it went even. But I, I don't know. That was at, like, noon. So. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, that'll be a good one. Yeah. Um, then the last game, I mostly just want to tell you the two teams that are playing and see if you – you might have already seen the spread, but I want to ask if you can guess it. Okay. So number 15, Texas, who has two losses to – and they were both one-score games against Oklahoma and LSU at TCU, who's num- who's 3-3 three and three on the season. What is the line for that game? I'm giving Texas like minus like 15. Texas is favored by one. No sh. Yeah. Oh my god. Let me pull up my my betting <laughs> site right now. That's crazy. I know. I saw that and I just went, how? Like TCU hasn't even looked that great this year. Like it's not even like they're three and three, but it's like, I don't know, they're looking pretty good. I like, I, I will say this. Have you seen their uniforms that they're gonna be wearing for this game though? I don't like them. Are you oh, I love them. I think they're I so like cool. They have gonna, too much red. I'm not against having the red. But there's too much of it. Like that, 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 that. Those uniforms to me might be worth ten points in the spread. Like they're just, yeah. I, I can see Texas just looking at them and going, oh. Hey, what okay, I was because I heard that they were two. using red, and I think red could go really well with like the purple and black that they do. But when I looked at it, there was way too much red everywhere. Like, um, I think the numbers are red. I was kind of hoping for like just a red face mask. Yeah, that would be and, sick. And like some red accents on the shoulder. Uh-huh. But like with the red number and like there's a couple other things that are red. And like the face mask is like black in the middle and red on the sides. Yeah. I don't like that. Um, I don't know. I love that. There's some weird sick. stuff with it. There, there's a little bit of weird stuff. I, I don't hate it, but I don't like it. That That is one thing that college football easily beats the nfl like the nfl has the color rush uniforms but the color oh, yeah. rush uniforms don't change yep like, usually i think like every once in a while they're like okay these color rush uniforms suck. and even when they do that's pretty minor like and you know every once in a while they're they'll wear their like throwback uniforms yep but college uniforms like they can just bring out a new college uniform every week yeah i mean oregon yeah yeah where they they really would just bring out a brand new uniform every single game yeah and they're always sick and they were just wild um this week has or this year has been cool how they've done because it's the 150th anniversary of college football right and so there have been a lot of like weird things that line up with it and i've really liked that they've had a lot of throwback jerseys on the season like utah is going to have one later in the year i don't think utah state's doing one but like most of the big programs are have like their throwbacks right um and a lot of them are really cool yeah some of them aren't some of them aren't great yeah i hate BYU's. some of them are really cool. like i i i'm not sure if that's just my byu bias but i hated byu throwbacks thought yeah i just stupid. didn't like it i thought it just like i'm, I'm not against because it i like the white and the royal that they did because that's kind of what they've moved back to more right and but they hadn't really done royal on white they'd more done just royal jerseys with white lettering. Right. So I liked that they did royal on the white. I just didn't like the logo. I thought the logo looked... It, it was Yale's logo. 
Yeah. And so Seriously. didn't love that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's uh, that's what's uh, going on with college football right now. All right, cool. Um, so I wanted to share with you my favorite Booger McFarland quote of the week. Oh, I'm not going to give you any setup for this. I'm just going to give you the quote. No context. <laughs> According to Booger McFarland, fourth and three is different than fourth and nine. I mean, it is. But also, it's a little different than fourth and five. You're not wrong. This was a very insightful quote shared from you from Booger McFarland, quote of the week. <laughs> um, so big news today. Obviously, we're recording this on Tuesday. Big news today. Mohamed Sanu, Atlanta Falcons wide receiver and backup quarterback, is going to the Patriots. Oh, yeah, I saw that. So does that like dramatically increase his trade value in fantasy football? Dramatically, he should do a lot better there, shouldn't he? I mean, it's not like Matty Ice has had terrible stats. Like, let me pull up his sure. stats actually really quick because I wanted to talk about this. Okay, so so this this last game against the Rams was was bad, but taking out that game. He had about a 75 completion percentage, was averaging 300 to 350 yards a game um, with about 8 yards per attempt, 10 yards per completion. Like, Matt Ryan was having a great year. I mean, obviously, again, game against the Rams, secondary showed up wasn't a great game for him we we kind of sacked him a lot um so so to say it dramatically increases his trade value not so much but um i think it does it doesn't like make him better okay so like um but like josh gordon who's like relatively similar skill Mm -hmm. level like not so much in throwing the ball, obviously, but like I don't know how much the Patriots are going to use Sanu throwing the ball when, like Edelman is, used to be a quarterback and he's thrown the ball like twice in his career. Mm-hmm. Um, and Josh Gordon, I mean, he hasn't really been a standout. Granted, I just dropped him in fantasy today, so he's likely to have a huge <laughs> explosion starting this week because that seems to be happening. I I trade away a player that player has a great play and my player gets injured. Like Devontae mm-hmm. Adams, I traded him. He's been out the past three weeks since I got him. Yep. Marquise Brown, I traded for him. He was good for a week and then he's been out for the past like four weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, but just imagine being Muhammad Sanu. You go to bed, you're playing for a team that's one in six, eliminated from the, the playoffs, I mean, almost, most definitely. Like, there's crazy mm-hmm. if you go nine and zero at this point, you might be able to get. You're probably going to the playoffs at least in a wild card. Mm-hmm. To to wake up and now you're on a seven and zero Patriots who are <laughs> almost guaranteed to have the first place in the AFC. Yep. The first week by, gonna have home field advantage throughout the playoffs, and really, you're only scared of the Chiefs and the Ravens. I mean, 
maybe you can't really count out Houston and Indianapolis, but you kind of can. Yeah. Um, so like for him, it's great for the Patriots. Like they, they, their, their offense hasn't been super spectacular. Even this game where they went 33 and O against the jets, mm-hmm. their offense wasn't spectacular. It wasn't like they were lighting up. Like people were wondering why they weren't sitting Tom Brady in this game. I think it's because they're still trying to work on this offense. There's still kinks, yeah. So, like, that's why they were playing. Like, their defense has been lights out, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, Colin Cowherd today, though, said after this trade, he said the AFC is over. The Patriots have won the AFC. I don't think he's – I don't think Sanny's good enough to, to say that, but I certainly think – it makes the Patriots stronger and they were already a pretty strong candidate. So yeah. Like that if you were saying before this trade that you thought the AFC is over, that makes sense. Or if you are like, it's very slim margin. This new, like barely ticks it over. I, I really like, like I said a few weeks ago, I didn't think Antonio Brown was that big of a bolster for this offense. Like Mm -hmm. one of the best wide receivers in the game. Like, it doesn't matter who Tom Brady's throwing to. He's going to make him look good. He's like Russell Wilson in that way. Yeah. Um, but to have like a Sanu is just a professional wide receiver. He's a great route runner. He's very smart. So like he'll, he'll be, he'll be great addition to that team. Like they should be getting to kill Harry back in a couple weeks, a few weeks, mm-hmm. maybe like at this point, he's like fourth or fifth on their depth chart at wide receiver. So who knows? Um, but to say the AFC is over when the Ravens have looked really good and they just picked up Marcus Peters and to count out the Chiefs at this point, I don't know. I think I I think that's an overreaction. Um, oh, yeah. Are the Patriots probably going to win the AFC? Yeah. Yes. They're the best team in the AFC? Yes. But to say it's over, I don't know. I think that's too much. Um, the other big trade that happened today was Emmanuel Sanders went to the 49ers. Um, and I mean, he, he's in a very similar situation to Sanu. He went to bed playing for a team that's two and five, not very good to go into a six and a 49ers team that has looked pretty dang good. Like mm-hmm. probably going to win their division, going to be fighting for the first place spot in the NFC. Like, mm-hmm. and the, to be fair, like the 49ers did need another wide receiver. Like I think this is a much bigger addition than Sanu is to the Patriots. Um, Sanders is probably still going to be the number two wide receiver behind Kittle. Um, and it's important to say that Emmanuel Sanders has had like a knee injury that's kind of been bugging him. But like I'm curious how much that is like the Jalen Ramsey back issue where all of a sudden he's going to get to the 49ers and he's not going to have any knee injury. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean, like he was like, "Okay, we're obviously not going to the playoffs, so why save myself? Yeah. yeah, might as well save myself, make sure I'm 100% to go before I come back." Um So good move by the 49ers. Um one trade that I expect to be done by the end of the week um is Chris Harris Jr., the cornerback for the Denver Broncos to go to the Eagles. Mm. If this does not happen or if they don't pick up another great cornerback because there are quite a few top cornerbacks on the trade block. Um, Patrick Peterson apparently 
could be on the trading block along with a few others. If the Eagles don't pick up a top cornerback, you have to fire your GM. Like you, you, you have to do something about your secondary. Mm-hmm. Like you didn't look very good against the Cowboys. Like you couldn't stop the run, but you, you need to do something. And I think it starts with the secondary. Um, so I, I really think Chris Harris Jr. would be a good fit for the Eagles. They didn't pick up Jalen Ramsey when they had the chance. Um, so hopefully they, they pick him up. Um, because the trade deadline is coming up, there's a few other players. Kenyon Drake, from the, the, the running back for the Dolphins, is on the oh, trading yeah. block. It's likely to get traded before the deadline. A.J. Green, who the Bengals have said that they are not trading, blah, 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 probably gets traded before the trade deadline. Um, Robbie Anderson, the wide receiver for the Jets, apparently wants to get traded. I've heard mm. rumors about Nelson Aguilar, the wide receiver for the Eagles. Don't know how true that is. Obviously, Trent mm. Williams still hasn't been signed or traded. That's crazy. So, um, yeah. So, like, there's a lot of people still, top names still on the trading block. So, it'll be it'll be really interesting these next next few few weeks up until the trade trade deadline to see where all these players go if they go anywhere um i'm interested to see if melvin gordon will will be traded at this point um mm. but yeah um unfortunately mahomes got injured this week on yeah, the sucked. on on a one yard quarterback sneak like just so mm-hmm. weird to get injured on a play like that um Mm-hmm. There was some speculation at first that this might be a long-term injury. Yeah. Um, now it sounds like it's going to be about two to three weeks. Unfortunately for the Chiefs, their next three games are the Packers, the Vikings, and the Titans. And that's the Vikings not in prime time, so you're going to get probably a good Kirk Cousins. <laughs> so they're probably going to go oh and or one and two. Maybe mm-hmm. 0-3 Mahomes is gone, although I don't think they lose to the Titans. Their mm-hmm. their backup, Matt Moore, is pretty good. Um, like He's a decent backup. He's just There's so many injuries on this team. Um, their defense just look has looked dog shit. So uh, it's a really worrying sign because, like, fortunately, they're, they're in one of the worst divisions in the league right now, like, preseason i thought the chargers were going to be fighting for a wild card spot like at this point mm-hmm. if you told me mahomes was gonna be out for three games i'd be like oh no the chargers are gonna steal this division mm-hmm. they've been crap this season yeah broncos haven't been very good the raiders have been surprisingly decent like, yeah the raiders have been okay but yeah. like they're not gonna steal this division so like it's still the chief's division mm-hmm. but you're probably losing your chance to get the second seed in a bye like I don't. I it just to, to lose two games that you. I mean, you should have at least been competitive in. It's just unfortunate timing, um, and and they really just got to come back after he comes back, and they got to come out strong. Um, <clears throat> Jacoby Brissett is now four and zero against the Titan or the Titans, the Texans. <laughs> um, it is important to note that um, they. St- they were without starting quarterback uh, Bradley Robbie, 
And then during the game, cornerback Jonathan Joseph, safety Jet Deshaun Gibson, Will Fuller, their right tackle Roderick Johnson, their long snapper John Weeks, and another cornerback Philip Gaines all left the game due to injury, and they lost mm-hmm. by seven. Um, even worse than that, we had another referee controversy. Um, in the second quarter, Watson was doing Watson things, avoiding mm-hmm. sacks, made an amazing throw to Hopkins, scored a touchdown. At some point, the refs thought he went to went down and blew the the blew the blew the blade play that. So mm-hmm. it was third down. They had to kick a field goal. Um, yeah, so just and like it, it wasn't even close to me. Like really? it wasn't even close. I don't know how he blew this dead. I, 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 I was. That's crazy. It was really bad. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting play in this one though. So they were pinned deep in their 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 side of the field down five with 241 and it was fourth down mm-hmm. punter rather than punting the ball ran out the back of the end zone giving up a safety so now it's a seven point game but instead of punting out of their end zone they got to kick it off they gained about mm-hmm. 30 yards and they don't really lose much they had to score a touchdown anyways mm-hmm. um Unfortunately, like they were able to to sh- completely shut out the Colts in the fourth quarter, and they shut them down. I think they only got like one first down the whole fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, so they got the ball back, um, but uh, with about thirty seconds left, Watson threw a pick, and game was over. Um, so Colts won this game. They looked very good. Jacoby Brissett has looked great. Um, I still think Houston wins this division. I still think they're the better team. Mm-hmm. Um, one, those the, those those injuries were devastating, and two, by the time the fourth quarter came around, they were dominant. So so when this this comes back to, actually, I think they play in Indianapolis next. Um, it'll be it'll be really interesting to see how that goes. But I think Houston's the better team, and they end up winning this division still. Um, Eagles Cowboys. This game was garbage. Um, for the first time in forever, Doug Peterson decided to take the ball when they won the the coin toss. And when you do that, you you expect your offense to to have a good starting to drive score. to yep. to score. I think it was like the third play of the drive. Goddard caught the ball, fumbled the ball. It was no, out there no. like thirty yard line. They were able to take it in. Very next drive, they turned it over again. They mm-hmm. were able to score. So it was 14-0 to start this game and like starting 14-0 just really demotivating. Like Wentz looked frustrated this whole game. Um, Their defense couldn't stop the run at all. Their secondary, it's still garbage. Um, I'm going to say this. I think the NFC East has surpassed the AFC East as the worst division in football. Really? Really. Now, obviously the Dolphins are worse than the Redskins. Uh-huh. But not by very much. Okay. I think that the Jets are probably better than the Giants, but 
maybe maybe not after this. At least past comparable. Week. Yeah. Yeah, at least they're comparable. I think Buffalo's better than the Eagles, at least right now. I do. I think they're better. And mm. the Patriots are obviously better than the Cowboys. Oh yeah. Like it's not even close. Like the the Cowboys are probably gonna end up winning this division unless the Eagles make some really big moves in the next couple of weeks. Um mm-hmm. But they're not a great team. <laughs> they're, just, they're just not. They're not very. They're not that good. Um, in any other division, they wouldn't be winning the division. Um, they'd probably be third. They, I mean, depending on whose spot they took, they'd probably be third in a lot of divisions, at least in the NFC. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, the NFC is just garbage this year. Um, AFC is looking. AFC East is looking up. So NFC East. East division in football. Hmm. Um, this week there should have been a really big game with that Packers Chiefs game, but with it being Matt Moore, I just think the Packers are going to dominate the backup quarterback. Their defense has looked just too good. They had, they're mm-hmm. killing it in sacks, they're killing it in takeaways, mm-hmm. and their offense just looked unstoppable this week. Um, so I don't know, just kind of like a normal week this week. A lot of decent games, but not like must-watch games. And then the Monday night football game is the Dolphins at the Steelers. So you don't even need to waste your time on that game. Um, um, And then just, you know, going to my top 10. Tradition and talking about the two teams that I left out of this, uh, Texans and Rams. The Rams did have a dominant win this week, but it was against a garbage team, so it doesn't really count. Okay. Unfortunately, fortunately, depending on how you look at it, they play the Bengals this week. So, like, unless they lose to the Bengals, you're not going to get much about this upcoming week. Um, so they're probably going to stay right there unless they lose, and then I'm just not going to talk about them anymore for the rest of the season because it's going to make me sad. Mm-hmm. Um, Jalen Ramsey did look good. He covered Julio Jones well. Um Daryl Henderson had a, a better week than he did the week before, so he's looking good. Um, Texans, I really want to put Texans at number 10, but I have the Panthers at number 10, and I just I felt dirty kicking the Panthers out of the top 10 on a week they were on a bye. So um, Texans are, at, are, are out at number 10 this week. They'll probably be back in next week. Um, so, yeah, the Panthers are number 10. Um I've said enough about their team. Their defense is great. Kyle Allen has looked pretty good. CMC is amazing. Um, so instead, I want to talk about them. I think at this point, they they need to trade Cam. Um, I think they they he, it would be better for their team to trade him away and have Kyle Allen with Will Fuller or not Will, Fuller, Will Greer as the backup. Um, so a couple teams i could trade him to i could see him trading him to the titans with mariota being benched and Tannehill not mm. being very good team i'd love to see him go to is chicago oh, like, really? i'd love to see the bear like if if if, if 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 the bears aren't out on trubisky at this point it's because they're stubborn and they like don't want to admit they made a mistake trading up to get him over watson and mahomes so like yeah if you're in denial sure keep going you're not going to be very good with trubisky he's not good at all so, mm-hmm. like, I'd like to see Cam on – I think he would make their offense more dynamic, and that's what they need. Their defense is great, but they need something on offense, and I think Nagy would be able to use 
Cam's skill set. Um, and then the other one is Cincinnati. I don't know if they're ready to move off Andy Dalton. I am probably, <laughs> um, especially if you can get someone like Cam Newton. I, I mean, assuming he can get to 100%. Um, mm-hmm. But we'll see how that goes. Um, number nine, I have the Colts. Um, okay. Can you imagine if Andrew Luck was on this team? Like this is yeah. probably this probably would have been the best roster he would have played with. Yep. Like that's why we were so excited for the Colts this season before he retired. Like they would have been amazing. Yep. They would have probably been a top five team. Um, would have would have definitely been Super Bowl contenders. Um, but Jacoby Brissett has looked really good. I, I have no complaints about Jacoby Brissett. He doesn't turn over the ball. He he takes deep shots when he needs to, but he's he's pretty pretty tame their defense has looked really good and their offensive line is superb so um colds number nine we'll see which way they go next week um seahawks at number eight listen baltimore is a really hard place to play and they are a really good defense mm-hmm. but they got spanked oh yeah like they got spanked so so number eight seahawks they they held um they held um they held Russell Wilson to like a forty eight percent completion percentage this week, which just doesn't happen. Um it, it that's just crazy. Russell Wilson had a forty eight percent completion percentage in this game. Um so we'll see. Can you guess who my number seven team is this week? Is it the Bills? It's still the Bills. <laughs> so at one point this week, they looked like they were in trouble to losing to the Dolphins. Oh yeah. Um, they're not gonna blow out any team. They're just their their offense just isn't that explosive. But their defense is gonna keep them in every single game they play in, especially once it gets a little bit colder, especially once it starts snowing and. It, it, they're just going to be in every single game. I think Josh Allen is good enough. Hopefully he gets better. I I don't know. I, I I still have them at number seven. I haven't seen enough to move them up or down. So mm-hmm. Buffalo number seven. Number six, I have the Vikings. Um, I don't expect them to be this high in a few weeks, um, but right now Kirk Cousins is looking amazing. Um, their defense is one of the smartest defenses. It's one of the, the, the better defenses in the league, probably top five, if not just top 10. Um, they probably have the best wide receiving core, or at least one of the best wide receiving core in the game. And their offensive line has looked pretty good. So, um, But I think it's important to note with how um, Kirk Cousins does in primetime games. This week... They have a Thursday night game. Unfortunately, it's against the Redskins, so they probably still win that. Um, week 10, they have a Sunday night game against the Cowboys. Week 13, they have a Monday night against the Seahawks. Number f- Week 15, they have a Sunday night against the Chargers. And then the next week, week 16, they have a Monday night against the Packers. So if um, Kirk Cousins regresses back to where where he's been on those prime time games they probably lose four out of those five so they're at best going 10 and six 
and then they probably lose a couple of the games they shouldn't. Um, but who knows? I could be completely wrong. Or Kirk Cousins might have just broken that mold and it's going to be amazing. But so far, we've only seen him good on those 11 or 1 o'clock, 10 o'clock, you know, depending on which time zone you're looking at games, like the early games. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it'll be interesting to see starting week 10 how he does in those primetime games. Um, if he does great, they're probably a top five team because their defense is great and their offenses look explosive as hell. Number five, I have Baltimore. Um, this might be a slightly overreaction. I just really like Baltimore. Um, mm-hmm. They have the number two scoring offense in the league, which is good. like amazing seeing how they're behind the Patriots, right? And their quarterback is a running back. He's he's Michael <laughs> Vick without the cannon. Like okay. Michael Vick had a cannon for the for an arm and just could just made amazing throws downfield. Like you can see him throw the ball 60, 70 yards. I don't see Lamar Jackson doing that, but he has shown that he is a good thrower of the ball and he's an amazing runner. He is sixth overall in running yards. Mm-hmm. And I think he's first overall if you just take the past four weeks. Okay. I think that's a stat. I, like. I couldn't quite find it when I was looking it up again, so... So maybe I'm just making that stat up. Maybe it was a stat of my dreams. Um, Lamar Jackson is going to be a top quarterback for years to come. He just looks amazing. I mm-hmm. I have a crush on that dude. He's just – I just liked listening to him talk as well. Um, their defense looked solid. Um, one, of the, one of the spots they were really hurting was cornerback. Marcus Peter had a pick six against Russell Wilson. Like I told you, this dude has studied Russell Wilson like he was going to have a good game. And even on uh, – on a snap count, he still ha- he still put his mark on this game. Um, number four, I have the 49ers. Um, they probably should be number three, but I have some questions about their offense, and I don't have any questions about the number three team. Um, they were held to nine points in a really sloppy and wet game against the Redskins, who just aren't great. Um, their defense did shut out the Redskins, which like no other team's been able to do. I mean, they're mm-hmm. not very good, but I mean, they're, they're decent. Like to, to shut out any team in the NFL is a feat. Like, let's be honest mm-hmm. here. So to do all the shut them out, but, um, I do have questions about the offense. I don't think Garoppolo is amazing. Um, he isn't going to lose you games, but I don't think he's going to win you very many games. Okay. Um, he's just, he just doesn't turn over the ball very much. Um, He's just basically a game manager with a decent arm. Um, but um, I'll, I'll say this. He, they are in the NFC best division. They are the only division where all four teams are 500 or better. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, it is pretty cool. It is pretty cool, Mason. Like, I don't know how many times that's happened in history where in week, starting week eight, all four teams are over 500. Mm-hmm. Um the, the NFC North is pretty close, but the Lions, you know, yeah. got cheated out of that game against the Packers, and then they they just straight up lost this week. <laughs> um, and then, so number three, I do have the Packers. Like I said, I don't have any questions about their offense, and I don't really have any questions about their defense. Their, <laughs> their, their offense is killing it even without Devontae Adams. Um, <laughs> starting, entering this week, I think all of their starting receivers were questionable. Yeah. Um, 
like maybe except like not including Jimmy Graham. Um, but MVS and Geronimo Allison ended up starting this game. But let me give you Aaron Rodgers' stat line for this game. He had an 80% completion percentage for 429 yards. He had five passing touchdowns, one rushing touchdown to go perfectly with his perfect passer rating. Mm -hmm. Um, What's great great about the Packers, though, this season, he doesn't need to do that every game to win. Mm -hmm. They don't need him to be amazing every game. They just need him to be amazing every once in a while, Um, which which is shown – he seems to be having fun. He seems to say fun a lot, um, which I guess like when you finally have a defense that you're not keeping you off the field all game, like you're going to yep. have fun. Number two, I, it's the saints. Like they had a dominating win over the Debear, over the bears. bears. I, I just couldn't not da say bears. it. It was just, it was just naturally. Um, but they didn't have Alvin Kamara in this game either. If you told me at the beginning of the season that the Saints would school the Bears without Bears. the Bears without Breeze or Kamara, I would have thought you were crazy. Like I, I did not see this team winning games, especially against a great defense like the Bears, mm-hmm. without Kamara or Breeze. Um, I threw some shade at Latavius Murray at the beginning of the season, told him that he wasn't that great especially when compared to um mark ingram he had a great game he filled kamara's shoes um so and then uh teddy bridgewater might as well have considered this his tryout tape for chicago next for next year mm. like i don't think it's been talked about i don't think the saints keep him next year because it's his contract would be just too much like he's he's shown he's, a backup, yeah. he's a competent starter so like you just can't afford to pay him as a backup. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know the Bears are one of those teams that are sh- at least should be looking for a quarterback next year. And so, like he put on a show for him, like, hey, you could have me next year, and I'll, I'll pay be me. like he won't be he won't be a really expensive quarterback. Yep. Like you're not gonna have to pay him thirty million. You can probably pay him twenty five million, maybe yeah. even a little bit less than that. And he'd be, he'd be, he's that's the Chicago Bears. All they need is a competent quarterback who who can make the throws he needs to make, and isn't going to turn over the ball. Trubisky mm-hmm. a can't game do manager. that. Yeah, yeah, that's all they need. They would be great with a game manager. Like, I'm, I would enjoy watching them more if he had Cam Newton, or you know the dream scenario I had mentioned the other week with Russell mm-hmm. Wilson. Um, but like Teddy Bridgewater would be great for this team, and he they they could get him on the cheap. So like. Yeah. You're not thinking about it. You should be. <sighs> the Patriots, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I just I just pray for the week. I don't have to put them at number one. Um yep. but it's it's not gonna happen. They have the easiest schedule I have ever seen. It just seems to get easier every week. They have the best point differential since like nineteen twenty. Um <laughs> their defense has allowed one passing touchdown. And has 18, count them, 18 interceptions. Wow. That is nuts. One passing touchdown to 18 interceptions. What the f***? Yep. Like, their secondary is amazing. Like, it's one of the best. Like, 
I if Sanu even bolster this offense a little bit, they're gonna be nigh and unstoppable. Like, yep. Really, I only have Baltimore because I think their defense can slow down their offense, um, and I think they with the dual threat at quarterback, it'll it'll make it a little bit harder for their defense to game manage against. Um, and then the Chiefs at full strength, but like at this point, mm-hmm. it's gonna it's it's not even for sure that they're going to be full strength by the end of the season. Like, and if they're not, I just don't think the chiefs have any way to beat them. Like the Texans on a, or Colts on a fluke could beat them. But like, I'm never going to say that they should beat them or they'd be like, you know what I mean? Like Watson can, can make it possible, but like their need neither, neither team has shown me that like, Oh yeah, they'd be competitive against the Patriots. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So, hopefully, I'm wrong. Hopefully, all of those teams can beat the Patriots and they just lose the first round. Um, or maybe some team like all of a sudden goes on a run like the Texans did at the end of last year. And, but I don't know. I really only have Baltimore and maybe the Chiefs fighting against the Patriots for the Super Bowl. It, it is important to say I think the Saints can beat the Patriots. I think the Packers can beat the Patriots. I think if the 49ers' offense gets better with Sanders I think they could beat the Patriots and then if the Rams get their together I think they could beat the Patriots um okay so so it's not like I I think they're they're, they have an easy way through the AFC but I think that Super Bowl they have a decent chance of losing um so yeah that's it for me this week um pretty cool thanks for listening follow us at OC bystanders on Twitter I probably will try and make a poo-poo team of the week for who did we? For Missouri. For Missouri. Yeah, for the Tigers. Um, hopefully, I'll be able to find a better picture than last week, and I won't be trying to do it at midnight, um, so I can put a little bit more time into it. Um, eh. But that picture last week was fun to make. So that was good. I liked it. So it that was, was simple and and clean. So yeah. Um, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Peace.